ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Law Befica podcast, episode number 377 is what we're serving up tonight. My name is Alfredo Fumasas, as always, with you coming to you every week now that the season is about to start, uh, bringing you the latest and greatest about Benfica in English with me t- tonight, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é, amigo? What's going on, Alfredo? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm glad to be back here on the podcast. We got the three Stooges back together. A whole new season on the horizon. Hopefully, uh, it'll be a lot better you know, than last year. It'll be one of those that there's a lot more smiles uh, than we've gotten last year. So, very excited to be back here once again with the two of you guys. Look forward to doing this every Tuesday. Uh, wouldn't rather, you know, I, I, this is where I'd rather be every single Tuesday. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. That's right. Also with us, coming back. Dave de Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? Nothing much. Good to be back. If uh, we're the three stooges, I guess uh, Cristiano's who... Uh, Cristiano's got to be curly because of the hair. <laughs> I got no and hair who's uh, Larry and Mo between me and uh, Alfredo? But, I got uh, to be Mo because I'm the one with the least hair. Mo's the one with the least hair, right? No, curly. Curly. No, Curly's the curly. one with the least hair. Curly. Hence the name Curly. Uh, Mo is the bowl, the bowl cut guy. Oh. That's right. And yeah. And so Alfredo's then, uh, Mo. Alfredo's Mo because he's the leader. Alfredo's the one okay, smacking yeah. me around all the time. I'll be curly and I guess you're, you're Larry. I'm um, Larry. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Good, man. Let me just, uh, before we get going, let me just remind uh, everyone that Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find Tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brink do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Benfica Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Benfica, podcast, uh, Benfica Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Benfica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. So tonight we're serving up episode number 377. As I mentioned, we will look back at the preseason that Benfica has had. We will um, briefly talk about the, the Ren game uh, that was Benfica's last warm-up 
um, before the official season gets going. Uh, we'll also uh, look at uh, the first official game against Paok, which comes up a week from today as we record this next Tuesday. Uh, we'll look at the domestic calendar uh, in terms of the Liga Nosh calendar um, for Benfica. And we'll wrap it up by uh, talking about some loose items, uh, some the still rumors about the players that might be arriving, players that might be uh, leaving. Um, and uh, that's all, and we'll wrap it up. So without further ado, let's get right into this uh, last game of the preseason for Benfica. And, and I have to say, um, Benfica has yet to taste defeat in this preseason. Uh, I mean, it is what it is, and, and also take that at, at face value. But certainly, uh, we have seen a Benfica who has uh, shown themselves at a very, very good level, uh, especially in these televised matches that we've seen against Prague, against Bournemouth, and now against uh, uh, against Rennes. Um, so, Vlacodimus in goal, Gilberto Almeida Ferro and Tavares across the back, uh, Weigel and Pizzi, uh, Pedrinho and Everton, uh, Rafa and Vinicius up front. That's how Benfica lined up in the first half uh, against Rennes. Of course, uh, all the international players are, st- and I think there's a total of eight, if I'm not mistaken, between eight teams and under uh, 21 uh, national teams uh so Benfica lined up i uh with uh, with the players that i've just uh, announced Cristiano, question for you um understanding that pizzi all throughout preseason and at least the televised games that we've watched has always played uh on the right or behind uh the center forward um now he goes to the middle uh, a position that has typically been Tarabs, but he wasn't available for this game because of an injury. Do you think that Gabriel is actually on the way out? Um, yeah, unfortunately for him, I do. I mean, I think if you go back to the last podcast of last season, when we do our very famous keep, loan, sell, that whole shenanigans, I, I predicted... Um, that, uh, you know, Gabriel will probably be one of the guys that'll be going out in order for them to bring some bucks into the club to go ahead and fortify the rest of the 11. I think Gabriel is a fantastic player. I think Gabriel has all the tools to be successful. Unfortunately, though, um, based on what we've seen out of him and what we know about George Jesus, who he's not his type of number eight. George Jesus likes intensity. He likes guys that, that get in on tackles. He likes guys that pretty much, you know, put in the effort both offensively and defensively. And Gabriel, on some days, seems like he'd rather be anywhere else but the pitch. And yeah. uh, so I always figured he'd be, you know, on the outside looking in. Um, and he is one of the few players on Benfica that they could actually turn around for for a decent chump change and uh, still get some money to go ahead and, and, and invest in, in, in other positions that, you know, JJ is going to feel need more um, more strength. More strength. I, I, I certainly understand what you're saying about that that eight that JJ envisions and I, I think that Gabriel is I think his biggest flaw is perhaps his inconsistency right because he's a good long range passer when he's on you could hit very very good passes uh, from one side to, to the other of the field but then he has those those drops where he almost feels like He's given up or he's turned his back on the game. Um, and I think it's those inconsistencies. He's, he can't keep that same consistency throughout his, his appearances um, that it perhaps 
open him up uh, to be a guy that's tradable or that could be put on a chopping block or a guy that's not needed. Dave, what do you, what do you think about Gabriel, man? We, we, do, you, uh, do you think he's, he's one of the guys that Benfica is looking to unload? Well, based on uh, some of the papers I've been reading, it doesn't look like he's uh, – It's uh, I've read that Tarap might be on the way out and Shikinyu uh, as well, but we all know this is silly season. It's going to be between Tarap and Gabriel. Right now, Tarap has been getting more minutes uh, in, in the preseason than uh, Gabriel, but that could be Benfica trying to, uh, to shop uh, Tarap as well, try to get to uh, some potential suitors for him, but – uh, if I had to choose between uh, Tarapta and Gabriel, I would I would pick uh, Tarapta uh, just for what he brings. Uh, he's one that always gives it 110 uh, percent on the ball, and 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 uh, brings it uh, can def- defend uh, as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I it's going to be between Gabriel and Tarapta, but one of them will will be sold by the end of this uh, transfer window. Here, here's the thing. I I don't think I don't think come October 2nd once the transfer window, let's just say the third, right? Once the transfer window closes. I don't think that our number eight, that guy that's going to play that box-to-box role on, on, on the squad, I don't think that number eight is yet on the team. I think come September, uh, October 3rd, I think we'll have a totally different number eight. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be Gabriel. I do, as you guys know, I, I think the world of Adel Tarapt, but I still don't think he's, he, you know, he's got um, the the look. The one thing about Tarap, he's got the work rate, right? You see the guy hustling, but he just doesn't know how to defend. That's the difference. So, mm-hmm. I think JJ is going to bring in a guy that's going to be able to defend. He's going to be able to connect. The sector is going to be a guy that I think he's also going to be looking to 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 add a couple goals. If there's one negativity about Gabriel since been what he scored like three goals, I think since he's arrived in Fika, doesn't really score many goals. I think JJ is going to try to bring in someone. Um who's a wrecking ball guy that could possibly, you know, get on the score sheet from the outside with the long range shots. I I think it's just been a a team thing. I think you've seen guys uh, in this preseason so far shooting from the outside the box a lot more than what we've seen the last couple of years. So I think JJ is really going to press that. Uh, PZ tears up the preseason. PZ tears up the league when, you know, as we've known, uh, when it's the lesser teams. Um, we all know PZ can be a fantastic player on his heyday. Um, but you know, when, 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 when everyone comes back, when all the internationals come back, that's going to be the question, where do you play PZ? And again, I don't think it's going to be on that eight role. I don't think it's going to be that, um, Gabriel, I still think he'll be out guys. One thing about Gabriel, if he's not out yet, because he obviously is, his value dropped tremendously last year with the injury and then not playing well. So there might not be a time to move him now. They might want to recoup some of his value back. Um, and then I, I don't think Gabriel is here for the long term. I think uh, as long as JJ's here, I think I think he'll be looking for somewhere else to play very soon, if not, you know, in the next month or so. Cristiano, what do you, what do you think of uh, the possibility of João Mario coming to Benfica as that number eight? Because he is the guy that fits that role. There's also fam- a familiarity aspect between him and JJ. Uh, and he he did flourish under JJ while he was at Sporting. But, but what do you think? It's certainly a guy that fits the mold. Look, I I don't hate Joamari, but I'm not in love with him as well. One thing about Joamari is that I've sat here now talking about Adel Tarap, talking about uh, Gabriel. We talk about the work rate. We talk about you know being in to put in a defensive shift, uh, a shift. I I look 
Joel Mari might give you a little something going forward, but defensively, I don't know how much he's going to give you. And then my one concern is if you're going to play one of these guys as Joel Mario next to 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 Florentino, okay, fine. You know, you know Florentino, the octopus, he's going to be everywhere. He's going to clog up every passing lane there is. But if you're going to pair him next to Avigo, it it's going to be a little bit difficult. Um, because again, because neither one of them is spectacularly spectacular defensively. Uh, so it changes things a little bit. Now you'll be able to see a Vigo and Tarap, the Vigo and Gabriel, a Vigo and 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 Joel Mari, for example, against the Silvi Sense of the world. You know what I mean? The 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 the, the Pas Freira, those, those the Tondelas, those types of clubs. You know that'll be okay. But when you're getting down to the nitty gritty, you're playing the Portos of the world. You're playing in Champions League football. I just I, I don't think they give you enough defensively. I, I I you know, and so those are my only concerns. Now Joel Mario is a player that's played for the Portuguese national team. He's been successful on the JJ, but let's be realistic as well. Ever since he's left, uh, you know, from you know JJ's watch, it, it's been nothing but downhill after that. So it's a bit concerning. He's gone to he's gone to 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 Italy, absolute flop. He's gone to. To, to, to the EPL. He's been a flop. Then he's gone to Russia, and obviously they didn't want to keep him. So um, he hasn't exactly lit you know, the world on fire since he's left uh, under under JJ's watch. So it's 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 something to be concerned about uh, because it's been a few years now since, he's, since he was at that top level. But now, obviously, if, if JJ thinks he could do something with him, obviously you have confidence in JJ, you, you know. Uh, but it's, again, as I said, I'm not in love. I don't hate the move, but I'm not in love with the move as well. I still think that there's some someone else out there that could uh, that could come in and play that role uh, and be fantastic. Uh, you know, we don't have to turn to Juan Mario. Yeah, there's, the Juan Mario name has been uh, touted a, f- a few times, and 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 certainly, if you're Juan Mario and and you're looking at the prospect of of joining uh, Benfica, uh, you're thinking about uh, I'm going to work with a coach where I don't have to prove. Um, who I am anymore. He knows of my capabilities. He knows what my strong points are. And then the other thing is like, you got the, the Euro right around the corner and this may be a possibility to have a, get another look rather than if I'm in Russia or if I'm in China or if I'm in whatever champion, championship, Turkey, I mean, Greece, you name it. You have a lot more explo- uh, exposure and a lot more visibility if you're in Portugal and if you're playing, uh, if you're and if you're starting number eight for for Benfica, obviously. Um, Dave, the the one thing uh, with all the players that we've had for the middle of the park uh, between the eight and the six, the one guy that has remained constant at that six position has been. Julian Weigel. Do you think that it's position to lose? It's his position to lose at this point. Of course, and you've seen how he's adapted to the game since he he joined the uh, the team in January of this year. Feels already like it's been years that he's been on this club, but it's only still been this uh, this year that he joined. And uh, the investment that they made to bring him in, uh, it, it's definitely his position uh, to lose. They're going to build that midfield uh, around uh, uh, Weigel. And uh, you know what? So far, uh, his performance has shown that uh, he uh, he's good in that position and the team uh, will, would be well-suited to build the midfield around that uh, around Weigel in that position. 
Yeah, absolutely. So a good, um, a good friendly uh, for Benfica with uh, Pizzi getting on the scoreboard uh, with uh, a PK, which I thought was a little bit forced. Uh, then in the second half, uh, about a few minutes after Gabriel had made his entrance into the game, uh, he scored off a, a corner. Uh, and I can't remember last time Benfica scored off a, of a set piece, uh, let alone uh, suffer any goals from a set piece, which we haven't suffered all uh, all preseason, at least the televised games. So that's a that's a an improvement for a Benfica team, uh, along with some of the more visible things that we have seen in terms of how the team progresses on a field as a block, how they move in, in a block, the high press, the timing of the high press. I think that. That's all something that we're very familiar with from watching JJ's teams in the past. Um, the teams always press tight, try to get the ball uh, as soon as possible um, and, and go on to the attack. So th those are all things that are characteristic to JJ. So I don't think it surprises anyone, uh, but it's great to see that the team's already showing uh, signs of, uh, of JJ's, uh, JJ's influence, which is, which is very good. So, a Ren team uh, that is uh, came in third in the league on last year, uh, qualified directly into the Champions League. Uh, I believe they will be playing their third official match for the for the league on once the the domestic competitions uh, restart. Uh, so this is a team that's a, a lot more advanced than Benfica in their season yet. I thought that Benfica did pretty well with missing some of the players that are going to be key players. Um, JJ also spoke after uh, the match saying that uh, that Everton uh, had picked up a, a knock, I think a bruise on one of his, uh, on one of his feet uh, earlier. I think he was either against Bournemouth or, or, or Braga and he's been a little cautious with, uh, with his movements and his playing because he doesn't want to get uh, hurt any further. Uh, and also, JJ said that the, the team um, should get a lot looser. Um, so no more games uh, lined up for Benfica, at least official games. They might play the B team as they have been scrimmaging them every now and again. Uh, but certainly a good test for Benfica um, in this last one against Ren. Now we get Pauk a week from um, today as we record this. Uh, a one-leg affair. Uh, we will travel to uh, to Greece to play uh, Pauk. Dave, you did a little bit of research on Pauk. What's uh, what's what's Pauk been been up to in some of the historical matchups yes. we've had with them? Historical matchups against Pauk: four wins, one draw, one loss. Uh, recently played them uh, in 2018 uh, August for the Champions League qualifiers, kind of like we're playing them now. Uh, first leg at the Stadio de Luge, one, uh, one all draw, and then we went to Greece for the second leg and got the 4-1 uh, results. So we ended up qualifying uh, for the Champions League uh, in August 2018 by beating Paok. And uh, Paok just recently signed uh, Divkovic, which uh, we just recently uh, released uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm sure he'll be motivated to uh, play his former club, but we have Zivkovic on Pauk now to look forward to. You guys think that was Zivkovic's best off, or you think he just wanted to get back at Benfica? <laughs> so he signed with the first opponent. <laughs> I think that he's he, he signed with the team that would probably give him the highest sal salary he could possibly make. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, there's a Serbian contingent at Paok, including um, a keeper that shares the same last name as Zivkovic. I don't know if there's any uh, relation or not. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, you have to, uh, when you look at options, and I don't know how much is out there for Zivkovic, you get, at minimum, you're playing Europa League with Paok. Uh, right? Because if Paok loses against Benfica, they'll automatically qualify for the Europa League. Uh, so at minimum. So I don't know what what attracted him uh, there. I don't know if he had market anywhere else. I don't know if his reputation is a little bit tarnished by what has happened at Benfica, by what his former manager, Red Star, uh, has said about him. And usually, Chris, as you know, in inner circles, the player's reputation is very well known by both agents and technical staffs as well as scouts. So I don't know how much of a market is there. I'm just happy that Benfica finally got rid of of that uh, of that load in terms of uh, of payroll. Uh, now I think that this has all the makings of uh, some kind of a I don't want to say fairy tale because it wouldn't be a fairy tale for Benfica certainly, but it has all the makings of of something that could turn into a nightmare. This uh, this Zivkovic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know he's going to be motivated if there's ever a time that they just want to put on a great performance for Benfica. This is going to be it. And unfortunately, it's in opposite, you know, in the opposite colors. But I do think Benfica is going to is going to be able to tame him, going to be able to control him a little bit. Um, but look, this is the type of guy that's been around Benfica for a little bit now. Uh, he spent, you know, pretty much this whole preseason with JJ. He knows what he's been asking of his players. He knows his you know, what he's demanding tactically. And, and, and you know, if folks, uh, you know, coaching staff is smart, which we believe they are, they're going to be grilling this guy. They're going to sit him down and interrogate him and try to squeeze every little bit of information out of him regarding Benfica. And, and then obviously the coach that's there, Abel is a Portuguese guy, knows JJ very well, understands Portuguese football very well. So it's going to be a very, very tough matchup. Um, historically, their their stadium is is you know a very tough stadium to go play. Their fans are crazy out there. They you know make a lot of noise to support the club. They do a fantastic job. But now, um, with no with, with no fans, we'd like to think it's going to be a little bit easier for Benfica. But it's going to be pressure packed game because, as you stated before, Alfredo, one leg. This ain't like you slip up the first game and then you come back, you have an opportunity. This is basically you're playing one game right now for $43 million. Yeah. It's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on everybody, um, you know, on everybody on both sides, to be brutally honest with you. I think, you know, obviously the pressure will all be on Benfica, but both sides will have pressure. Yeah, and, and, and look, uh, regardless of uh, what Benfica could be doing domestically, right, all the – all the, the transactions that Benfica has done this offseason have been with the intent, or at least the first objective, to make it to the Champions League. So, as Chris mentioned, the amount of pressure uh, that's on this team, not only on the team, but also as JJ, as he's been brought in to get Benfica to the Champions League and make Benfica competitive in the Champions League, uh, I can't possibly fathom what's going to happen if Benfica doesn't qualify for the Champions League, again, uh, pass Paolo first, and then Krasnodar next, which is a two-legged affair, which becomes a lot easier to manage. Uh, but a, a one-legged affair away for Benfica on your first official game of the season is going to be tough, Dave. Yeah, well, the only 
good, I guess, blessing as well is that Paolo Kazan has uh, the Greek uh, season uh, officially starts yet. It starts uh, this Saturday. It will be their first uh, game. So they're just kind of ramping it up as well, um, kind of like Benfica. Um, but yeah, not the most ideal positions or position to be in. I know we dis- or you guys discussed last week that Powell might have been the most difficult opponent to uh, have been drawn for Benfica. But like Chris said, if we want to make it to the group stages and if we want to go further than the group stages uh, this year, we can't be worrying about uh, a team like Powell. We got to take care of business, uh, no matter where it is. If it's in Portugal, Greece, the Moon, Mars, we got to take care of business and uh, get the result. A hundred percent, Chris. What are your uh, What are your feelings about this game? In terms of prediction, do you think uh, it'll be something that uh, Benfica will win easily, or will Abel Ferreira finally uh, beat Benfica? Look, man, you know how I feel about my man JJ, and in JJ <laughs> trust. So obviously, a little bit nervous because in, in you know in a one off anything could happen. But I'm I'm you know I still think. Benfica has enough to, to, to go out to Greece and, and come away with the victory. I think JJ is going to have these guys prepared. And if not, he's going to know how to press the right buttons. Obviously, Benfica's brought in a tremendous amount of players, uh, and not just the amount of players, but a tremendous quality. You know, Vertonghen, Cibolina, Waldschmidt, just to name a few. Uh, and, 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 you know, Darwin, obviously, the most expensive transfer in the history of Portuguese football. And I have some, some news regarding Darwin, believe it or not. Um, Got a very interesting phone call today from from someone inside Seychelles that's raving, raving about Darwin. Um, you know, Darwin's been lighting it up at practice. Um, got into a little, a little back and forth between myself and, and this person because try to tell me that you know this is this is the best striker my figures had in years. And I said, come on, better than Jonas? Yes. And I said, stop, 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 stop. Uh, but basically, you know, they said Jonas was 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 tremendously gifted, but this kid's upside is, is just, you know, through the roof. He, he's a very physical player. This is uh, the scouting report. Very physical player. Uses his body, throws defenders around. Um, the defenders, both from the B team, both from, from the main squad, just, they don't know what to do with him. They look at each other and he's just tearing them all apart. Um, his movement is is terrific. Uh, they compared him a little bit in his movement to, to to uh, you know, one of Benfica's old strikers, Raul Jimenez. They say Jimenez is a little bit quicker than he is, but he's, he's, he's the type of guy that never stands still. His movement, his runs off the ball, his runs to get into space, his runs to get into scoring opportunities are just, you know, uh, off the charts, uh, off the charts. Um, the one thing, uh, that that's you know I, I don't want to say a concern, but the one negative, right? Uh, one worrisome thing is that you know, and again, I, I don't call it worrisome because I was the same exact thing, which is he's not the first one to to really track back. You know what I mean? He takes a little bit. <laughs> he, he likes to take his time tracking back and you know getting back uh, behind the ball and defending. Uh, but you know you expect that with players that that their one concern is getting on the score sheet. That's all they're really worried about. They're not worried about um, defending at first sight, but. I believe JJ will um, will work with that. JJ will help him out and develop that part of his game as well. But uh, from, from what I'm hearing from Seychelles is that this kid is 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 a fantastic, fantastic player. Obviously, they heard what I said in last week's podcast um, regarding you know player in second division. I'm not so sure spending 25 mil on a second division player is the smartest thing to do, but 
apparently he's he's tearing it all. He's tearing everyone apart over there. So um, sky's the limit for him. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I actually it was one of the topics that I was going to bring up, uh, but be, yeah, we could segue right into it, right? But uh, I'll just get Dave's uh, opinion in terms of how what's he feeling like uh, for this for this Paok game, um, and then we could get into Darwin. Dave, what do you what do you think, man? Think uh, that uh, Benfica is already at a level that they could easily dispatch Paok? The only concern that I have is this uh, international break that we just went through where we lost a couple of guys uh, away from the uh, the main squad here. That's the only concern that I have. But uh, other than that, I think JJ uh, will get the guys in order and uh, we bring, the, bring home the uh, result back to Portugal. You think that Darwin will start? No, not yet. You think Sofaljovic will be uh, will be no. our, our starter or or Vinicius? No. I, I think we go with uh, Vinny for now, and then uh, maybe even uh, see what uh, Volchmik can do off the bench. He isn't with this like again with this international break. We haven't seen too much of him uh, on the televised games, at least uh, of what uh, he's been able to do. So uh, I think we go with uh, Vinicius uh, for now unless uh, some miracle deal comes uh, within the next uh, week here. Yeah. And Darwin uh, really fits the mold of the type of, of forward that JJ likes, a guy that works hard up front, that is the first one to press the defensive line as they're trying to build out a defense. Um, uh, you know, I think that the fact that he has that he's had such a, a high price tag uh, is something that will, will bring him a big pressure right uh but this is also the type of of player um that had his debut with the with the with the Shahua team Uruguayan uh, national team and on his debut scored uh he was he drew comparisons to Cavani so he he's also been put in a position where he is looked at by Uruguay has the future of this national team. So certainly um, the comparisons to Cavani, which, which is a, 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 Euro, a Uruguayan all-time great, have been there. So that pressure has um, always been there. Now, the fact that he's been at Almeria uh, and not a, a, a club that's more pertinent in Europe or even in Spain has perhaps helped uh, relieve some of that pressure that he's had on him. And certainly arriving at uh, Benfica right now for the price tag that uh, that he's arrived and also from what Cristiano has mentioned and what people have seen in practice, uh, he is a guy that looks determined to make an impression regardless of the pressure. And I certainly hope that um, that the team and the technical staff is preparing him uh, to to be able to get rid of that pressure. We've heard uh, Rukosta speak on his introduction, speaking to the media and letting and telling the media that please back off. Let's let's give the kid a chance to to progress and to become what we expect them to be. So there's already a, a mindset of the technical staff and, and also the directive of being able to give the, the kid as much time as possible. Obviously Uh, uh, an investment of this size, you have to make sure you you take good care of it uh, in order to be to be able to flourish like you want it. Uh, and Christina, certainly what you've heard from 
from your inside sources at the Seychelles uh, is encouraging uh, for everyone. Uh, Befica actually published uh, a video of a recap the, of the against the the B team when which he scored two goals, uh, and he, they showed the video. And yeah, but if you're those goals, it's nothing to brag about. No, it's it's not. They're they're typical center forward scrappy goals, uh, where you just get loose balls that. But you know, but you still got to put yourself in uh, in that position. Uh, but I, you know, I feel encouraged by uh, by the information that you've gathered. Uh, certainly, Cristiano, I I don't think that that Vinicius uh, is going to be able to fit uh, that mold that JJ is looking for because I don't, first of all, I don't think he has the technical ability to play off this, the midfielders as we're progressing into the final third. Uh, I think that Seferovic is too wasteful. Uh, and when you look at a player and you think that his work rate is the biggest quality that he has is perhaps the wrong way to look at it. I, I think Dave and, and Alfredo, if you guys roll back the tape, I've been saying for the last three or four podcasts that, that, that Vinicius was gone. At some point, he's going to be gone in this transfer window. Um, and, and I still I still believe that's going to happen. We, we will see a ton of changes yet to come. I mean, I think once Benfica, if and, and hopefully they, they, they go ahead and get past Paok and then Karanaspor, Karanaznar, whatever their name is, um, and they qualify for the Champions League, I, I think you'll see a truckload of guys leaving and you still see, you know, a handful of guys coming in. I still think there are uh, some decisions that is yet to be made. I still think there's some money that will be spent. And if you get this 40 to 60 million for Vinicius, that's going to clog up a lot of holes and it's going to afford you the luxury of going out and getting yourself another striker. And again, look, I know everybody is a little bit down on Sferovic and I am as well. He did not have a good season last year. But the one thing about Sferovic is he proved the year previous when he does get quality service into the box that, you know, he scored 30 goals that year. He'll put the ball in the back of the net. And if Sferovic is my third striker, I think we're all right. I mean, look, we're not Real Madrid. We're not Barcelona. We're not Man United. We don't have buckets of money that we can go ahead and throw at players and then fortify the way we like to. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with accepting Sferovic as my third striker. I think, you know, he'll do well coming off the bench. And you saw even last year towards the end of the season, he's coming off the bench, he was doing a good job. Um, but I still think, I mean, ultimately, guys, this is what you're seeing now on the field, what you'll see against Paok on the field, what you'll see against Karanospor on the field will not be your regular 11 if Benfica does qualify for the, for the Champions League. It will not be your regular 11 come Day one or game one of the of the of the, of the group stage of the Champions League. Yeah, and as we mentioned here uh, last week, um, making it into the Champions League is going to open up a, a lot of decision making doors, if you will, uh, because now you got forty million that you're dealing with. Uh, it could also be something that could attract a, a certain level and caliber of players uh, as a result of uh, being in a competition such as the Champions League. It's attractive for a lot of players who might be on a fence on whether or not to come uh, to Benfica. And I'm not even getting into the, the Cavani situation, but there's there's probably other guys out there that uh, I saw a list of guys that are still without a club that uh, could be lured to Benfica um, as a result of Benfica 
playing the Champions League uh, and also recognizing that the project that Benfica is, is trying to put together and the amount of money that they have spent is something that would allow the team to be very competitive in the group stages, depending on, on what group we draw, of course. But if we're going to have a, a competitive team, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get into uh, the group stages. But, uh, you know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of uh, what the future holds. First, we got to get past this Paok, and then we got Krasnodar, and we hope that the go- the ghost of uh, of last season's Krasnodar doesn't come back and and haunt Benfica after we made a lot of fun of uh, of Porto for not being able to get past Krasnodar into the Champions League. <laughs> so we What's find the say the name Krasnodar. So it's not Krasnodar or whatever I'm saying, right? No, Krasnodar. If you're missing, you're mixing two teams there. Okay. Yeah, Krasnodar. Okay. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, we'll, now we'll, we'll turn our attention to uh, domestic uh, fixtures. And uh, uh, we spoke briefly last week ab- about some of, of, the, of the highlights and, and certainly uh, the fact that Benfica will host uh, uh, Porto, Sporting, and I believe Braga uh, in the second half. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Braga will be away. Uh, but Porto and Sporting uh, in the last uh, month of competition in May as one of the highlights. But let's let's uh, I'll go through real quick. We open up against Fomalicão, a Fomalicão team who um, has bought some uh, some players. They've also acquired uh, Zlobin. Uh, we'll open up uh, at uh, uh, at Fomalicão. Uh, then we host Mourense uh, at Stadio Luz. This, these are the two games that will take place in September. Um, and from what uh, what our sources say, and this was obviously um, this was put out by Benfica Independent that uh, Benfica hopes to have some people in the stadium uh, against that uh, Murarense. Uh, Abola picked up uh, that uh, that information from Benfica Independent and, and has uh, has made that public. I certainly hope that that will that will be the case because I know that people are jonesing to get back into those stadiums. In October, uh, we have uh, Ferenc at home, Riwav away, which is always a difficult game despite um, uh, not having Carvalhal there. Then we have Bolensad at home. In November, uh, Boa Vista away, Braga at home, and Maritimo away. So uh, a difficult uh, month of November also with Boa Vista picking up uh, quite a, f- a few interesting players. One of them, uh, Pamela Anderson's ex, um, also the World Cup champion for France, two years removed. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to, to see what happens there. But Bovista investing on some good acquisitions. Braga, of course, uh, with Carvalhal there uh, and uh, with, with sur- surgical uh, buys that they've been doing will also look to be very competitive. Uh, the trip to Maritim is is never easy. Uh, and I know most of the fans there are Benficistas, but uh, traveling to Maritim in November uh, is not going to be easy. In December, uh, past Ferreira at home, uh, Gil Vicente away, and Portimonense at home. Um, don't know how these teams are going to line up. Usually, Pas Freira has a decent team, but they really haven't been all that great uh, in the past couple of seasons. Uh, Gil Vicente is a toss-up, and Portimonense, uh, really, Portimonense has stayed in the first division as a result of Stubel being demoted, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Chris? Do you, do you remember that? Which one? 
they've uh, Portimonense stayed in the first lead yeah. as yeah, a result of Stubal going down. Being penalized and they got sent down to the third division. Um, yeah. So Portimonense got lucky. Yeah. Got the out. In in January, uh, five games for Benfica. We will uh, start the month of January uh, away at Santa Clara. Uh, then we will host uh, Tondela. Uh, then we'll go to uh, Dragão. Uh, middle of the month, then we'll host Nacional uh, also, and we'll finish up the month of January um, away at the uh, Alvalade. Uh, then in February, we'll play the last game of the first round uh, at home against Guimarães, a Guimarães team who uh, has also uh, reinforced themselves. As a matter of fact, they announced uh, Ricardo Quaresma uh, a couple days ago in, in a very uh, uh, stylish video which is picking up uh, a lot of traction in the media. And, uh, you know, I, Cristiano, what do you make of, of the way some of these teams are, are getting creative and in introducing these players? I think it's fantastic. I think Benfica and Porto dominate on the field, but Baraga and Guimarães dominate off the field when it comes to these videos. I think their presentations of players are, are just, you know, next level. They do a wonderful, wonderful job and, Hopefully, other teams in the Portuguese league are watching and, and, and learning off of what they're doing because it's it's, it's just a joy to watch, man. I, I I loved what they did, Obraga did with Nico Gaetan with the whole Top Gun thing, um, and now this with King George or whatever. Obviously, if you know anything about Portuguese history, Guimarães is where the country was really started, where they fought uh, for independence, and it's one of the, you know the first city in Portuguese history, Portugal's history. And so, you know, it was reminiscent of that. It was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. It's absolutely brilliant by yeah. them. So I applaud them. Yeah. And, and look, it, it doesn't even have to be over, over, not overly, but very professionally produced. Uh, as a matter of fact, Past Ferreira, um, they had a video in which they had their mascot and they basically ran through the whole calendar. Uh, and every jornada had their team with their mascot. And I thought that was done pretty well, too. Um, so I, I think, look, it's, just, it's, a, it's a challenge to uh, a lot of these teams, especially these teams that are those, don't have the visibility in Europe that a Benfica Sporting or Porto would have, uh, to be able to get views, get views from international Uh, the international audience and to get their name recognized. And I think that uh, a lot of people out there, a lot of clubs are, are getting creative with the way they approach uh, social media. And as we know, social media is such a big part of uh, how we consume things uh, that it makes sense that you spend that much time and, and, and get creative on social media. So we could be an, an attractive thing. And I applaud them. I applaud Braga, I applaud uh, Passoreira, and I applaud Vitor Guimarães uh, for, for, for being creative. Benfica were ultra-creative when they announced Vertonghen and Spolinos and when they sent out that tweet. That was magnificent. That was, that was you know, just fantastic. That's, that's irony if you can't detect that. <laughs> Sarcasm. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't uh, believe that... Um, <laughs> And, and I'm not, I'm just, I'm not talking about our, our podcast in particular, but I'm, I'm talking about that there's, there's some podcasts up out there. And I know that Benfica FM has been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of criticism because of there's people that really don't understand the, the irony or don't understand when, when jokes are being made. Uh, And they're going off on the people that, uh, that bring this, this great podcast to us because they can't get it. Uh, they don't get it. Uh, but look, and that's why there's multiple podcasts you can listen to because if you don't like one, you could just move on. 
keep doing your thing, man. If you don't get my joke, or yeah, listen, I don't know what to tell you. Refresh. Get you know, get a what is it? Jokes for dummies or whatever. I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. Don't change. My brothers at Bifika FM, keep it up. Do what you got to do. I think yeah. you guys do a fantastic job. I get most of your jokes, and the ones I don't get, I still laugh because everyone else laughs. So it is what it is. I don't bitch and complain. I love you guys. Thank you very much for doing what you do every week. And uh, Forza, my friends. Yeah. Cristiano, do you think that playing uh, both Sporting and Porto in the last month of competition with things maybe coming down to the wire will be a mental advantage for Benfica? I think it helps that they're going to play at home. And by then, by then, guys, it, you know, it'll be uh, very interesting to see if we'll have fans in, in, in the stands uh, by then. So hopefully... Um, that'll be a huge advantage for Benfica to play at home with their fans. You know, right now, early on at the beginning of the season, they're starting to talk about letting in a certain percentage of fans into the, into the stadiums. But we're hoping that come next, you know, uh, April, May, whatever it is, that, that, that by then fans will be fully back uh, allowed into the stadium. So if, if things are, are still tight, which I believe they will not be tight, by then, but if they are still tight, I, I think that might be a huge advantage, a key role uh, that that would you know definitely help out uh, come down the stretch. So I think I think it's 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 key. I think it's very important for me if you get to play at home these 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 games. I think it's it's a fantastic opportunity for them. Yeah, Dave. Looking at this calendar, anything that jumps out of you at you as as some of some highlights or lowlights, if if you will, of course. Uh, we're looking at this calendar, and we know we don't know much about the Tasa de Liga. We know that the Super Cup is going to be played at the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it won't be it won't be played in the Super, first. Super Cup will be uh, December 23rd. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tasa de Liga. Yeah, that's right. No, Leiria will be the the final the the Tasa de Liga. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. But what? Where's the Super Tasa being played at? I want to. I want to say Coimbra, man. Again, I don't know. Dave, look, look that up real quick. I'm gonna look that up quick here. But uh, yeah, I I know that there was some some criticism in terms of how they scheduled this uh, the Super Cup, uh, and certainly uh, in a in a year where you're starting you're starting the season late, you got the the Euro. Uh, in the summer, which I, I don't know if it's been announced what the starting time is. Um, and you got League Cup, Portuguese Cup, UCL, domestic competitions. I mean, it sounds to me like a loaded schedule ahead of uh, the Euro this summer. Dave, what'd you find out? Uh, nothing on, they haven't announced the stadium yet for the game on the 23rd of December, but. 23rd of yeah. December. Yeah, um, but looking at this schedule, yeah, it looks like they've got the game spaced out for the first half of the season, and then between in April and May, they've got they're trying to cram in their five games uh, between in April, five games in May. Um, yeah. I mean, even look, yeah, it, yeah, even looking at February, there's there's five domestic fixtures in February, a month that, as we know, is the shortest month of the year. Uh, so, but, in, and then again, in April, five games in April, five games is January. I, I mean, and this is a time of, uh, of the year that things get, uh, heavy, but, uh, Champions League or UEFA, Europa? No, no, no. That's just domestic. That's just domestic. Okay. Yeah. But, and I know that between January and February, European yeah. is out. 
It's out, exactly, exactly. So by the end of February, it'll come back because this year starts a little bit later. Um, so yeah, they'll probably be out for January and February. That's why they're probably squeezing in five games. Yeah, that's, that's a Cerveja and League Cup game in a, a Campeonato games, right? Yeah, uh, April also five games, May again, five games. Uh, so March is only three games, which means that there will be a lot of uh, other competitions in there in December. Also, November only three games, so there there will be some some games playing those months. November they got it's national team duties, national That's team call ups in November. They're gonna have that that second break, um, and so every like three four months they have these stoppages for the national team. That's probably why you see less games in those months, right? Yeah, and so uh, that that's uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll just have to see and and look. I hate to uh, make predictions, uh, but we could tell which games are going to be what. Uh, and from what we've seen on on some of the signings that some of these teams have made, we also know which teams should be pretty competitive. And 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 it's it's kind of refreshing to see that Benfica hasn't been the only one. Uh, making a lot of acquisitions. Certainly, Benfica has been the one splurging the cash, uh, but there's other teams that are making good signings out there. The Gaetan signing, excuse me, the Quaresma signing, even though that he's getting up uh, up there. Uh, yeah, Gimenez in, in brought, like, brought in like brought in like eleven or twelve players. Yeah, two players. Gimara, and look uh, at and their, they got a new coach Thiago there as well. Yeah. Yes. Former Benfica, Chelsea, Atletico Madrid legend, yeah. more For, of a legend. Let to go anywhere else, but. Yeah, first first year um, as a as a as a A team or first division team or top level team, if you will, uh, coach for for Thiago. So I'm curious to see um, how we will, will make out there. If he will be uh, more of his playing style, or if he uh, he's going to be influenced a lot by Cholo, uh, we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to see, Cristiano. It's going to be exciting times. The league is back. Very excited. Well, they're back in a week and a half. Not yet. Not yet. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll be a week and a half uh, before they actually step on the field. But again, we get to see our beloved Benfica next week, bright and early next week, Champions League. Uh, everyone's going to be excited. Hopefully they do their part. Um, and, you know, it's going to, we're going to start that, the trek once again. We're going to start the hustle week after week, accompanying this team, supporting this team, uh, coming on here Knocking them if we have to, praising them if we have to. It is what it is. It's going to be exciting times, man. I look forward to to another campaign here on the Benfica podcast, and I look forward to watching my beloved Benfica once again on the pitch uh, for this upcoming season. Yeah, and it, you know, I also wanted to. It, it is a long season, and and I share Cristiano's uh, Cristiano's thoughts of uh, we're hoping that it's going to be a lot more positive than what we had last season. And and look, um, just because we have opinions that may differ from yours, it doesn't mean that we're the owners of of truth, or that we're right and and you're wrong. For yourself, uh, you know, we 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 can we we come out here every week and and give you our opinion. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's right, or it doesn't mean that it's wrong, or it doesn't mean that we're we're assholes because we believe certain things. It's just it's just our opinion, man. Uh, don't don't take that too, don't take that too serious, man. And uh, and certainly, I know that there's a lot of people that uh, that disagree with us on certain things, and and still enjoy listening, and we still enjoy having you um, as listeners. Uh, but it's just it's just opinions, man. It's just like um, I like uh, I might I might like uh, blondes, and Cristiano might like brunettes, and that doesn't mean that he's less of a man than than I am. 
so just just take this for what it is, man. Entertainment therapy session, um, and just us talking about Benfica, man. Don't 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 take this too serious, man. I I beg too of you, sweet, bro. People people disagree with me. Stop that. <laughs> Stop it. My opinion is never wrong, by the way. Right, Dave? I'm always right. Even when I'm What wrong. is it? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, right? Exactly. Everybody has one and everybody else thinks the other ones stink. Think, smells. Right. So, yeah, this, this, this is the part of the So, yeah, man. Just, um, and I'll leave, I'll leave you with that. Next week, we will be back. Uh, and, and the few loose items that we had, we've already addressed in, in our conversation flow. Um, I did, I did want to mention uh, the possibility of Ruben Smith being um, a center back acquisition. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Benfica, but he's had a troubled past. And I think that all of us have, have distinct uh, opinions on Ruben Smith and we'll hold him. Um, until uh, that gets a little bit more traction or, or he's officially uh, named or, or announced. Uh, so as I mentioned, next week we'll be back on Wednesday. That will be the day after uh, Befica plays on Tuesday. Uh, so it'll give us 24 hours to digest the game and, and come, come back and discuss the game and, and look ahead for uh, what Befica will have, which is the domestic league start. Glad to be back, Dave. Always a pleasure having you back. Thanks for, for coming back. I know you're out on international duty, but you're, you're back now. Um, I also know that you, uh, that you were in a bubble and you're COVID-free, so that's good that you're here. Uh, Cristiano? Still oh. waiting on my results. <laughs> Cristiano, always a, always a pleasure having you. And, uh, you know, we do what we can. Do we can. Is it? That's yeah. it. Take care, everyone. Thanks for uh, for spending some time with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support. And see you again next week. Later.